Good morning. Welcome. It is lovely to be with you here on Sunday. Um, bit strange, but I'm getting better at it. I've been asked to talk to you today about justice and about generous justice and how, um, as Christians, what motivates us towards justice. We've been given a passage, which is James chapter 2, and a couple of verses from there. I really like James because of all the letters in the New Testament, James is um, the letter written by James, and we believe that it was Jesus's brother who didn't believe that Jesus was the Messiah, not until um, he'd resurrected. And he was one of the founders of the Christians' movement after um, Jesus had, had left them. And um, he's just really full of some really helpful guidance. And, and his passages and the stuff that he talks about, it just kind of comes out from the Torah. That's the Old Testament. It comes out from that. And we have this passage, which is from James, chapter 2. It says, Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes or daily food. If one of you says to them, go in peace, keep well, wish you well, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about their physical needs. What good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if it's not accompanied by actions, is dead. Or in another translation, is phony. We've been thinking about, um, say, COVID-19 and all the difficulties and the strange positions that we've been put in. And James is talking about to his fellow believers around and says, so, you know what, when you come together, if one of you is in need, daily, daily food, needs some food, or just clothes, just need some new clothes, they're really getting a bit smelly here, help them. Don't just say, go in peace, keep well, keep warm, but do nothing about their physical needs. If you do that, it's phony. And we can see that, how important that is towards justice, but I have to be honest, I kind of struggled a little bit of this passage to put the two together. And I wanted to tell you a story instead of um, Moses. And um, when Moses, he was in the Old Testament and he took the Israelites out of Egypt and they were slaves in Egypt. They were worthless. They were nothing to the Egyptians. Well, actually, they weren't nothing. They would become quite important because they were slaves and they were asked to do things that was becoming more and more impossible. Um, but actually they were really helping the economy of the Egyptians. So the Egyptians could live in luxury and the Israelites were not doing so. And through some amazing miracles, um, Moses takes these Israelites out and he takes them towards this promised land. But at this point, they're just in the wilderness. And um, they're at this point, they've been there for a while couple, you know, uh, more than um, a few days. And they have no food. They have nothing. And they cry out. And do you know what? God provides for them. For 40 years, he provides for them manna, which is some kind of substance, food, substance that comes in due form and covers the whole area. So every morning they can come and they can gather it. Nobody gathers too much and nobody gathers 
not enough. It's um, from Exodus chapter 16, verse 4, if you want to find it, and then verse 17, which I do want to read to you. The Israelites, this is Exodus chapter 16, verse 17. The Israelites did as they were told. Some gathered much, that's a lot of manna, and some little. And when they measured it by the omer, he who gathered much didn't have too much, and he who gathered little did not have too little. Each one gathered as much as they needed. And this continued on for 40 years until they entered the promised land and their first year when they used the produce that had came out of Cana. Now I want, um, if I was in church, at this point I would say, brilliant, I need some volunteers please. And I'd open um, a box of chocolates and I'd ask people to take handfuls of it. But I'm not. <laughs> so uh, Johnny has been amazing and has um, helped me by uh, demonstrating and doing this. Sybil, quick, take Ooh. a handful, take a handful. Oh, God, I love these. Oh, how, many, how many have you got? Oh, I don't know, about ten, something like that. Brilliant. Have you got enough? I would think just about, yes. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> you can have those if you want. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks, Johnny. <laughs> Bye. Oh, Louise, hello. Louise, quick, take a handful, take a handful. How many have you got? Uh, seven! Have you got enough? Um, more than one for each member of the household, oh, yes! Bye! What on well. earth are you doing? Tim! Oh. Good to see you! Tim! Quick! Wow. Grab a handful, grab a handful. Oh, yeah, thanks yeah. a lot. All right, not, how many can I have? How, how many have you got? Well, I'm just coming off a dart and I'm chocolate star. Have you got enough? I could do with some more. Have you got enough? Mm. Oh, I, oh, okay, grab, yep. Have you got enough? Yeah, thanks, Johnny. Thanks okay. so much. Great. You don't want them back, do you? No, see ya. Yourself. Oh wow! Thanks, Jack. Help yourself. Thanks. Ellie, help yourself. Thank you. Uh, Heather, have you got enough? Oh yeah, one's enough. Thank you. Lovely. Jack, have you got enough? Uh, I think I'll be alright. I've got enough. Definitely. Ellie, have you got enough? No. Bye. So, I hope that was a bit of a light-hearted um, example. Okay, thank you so much to all of you that opened the doors to Johnny. So, 
everyone grabs handfuls of sweets. Manna, okay? Did everybody have enough? Yes, they did. Were they expecting the manna, the sweets? No, they weren't, but they got it. And okay, you can't live off Twix bars and Bounties and Mars bars. Okay, I get that. But you understand my point is when people grabbed, some people grabbed too much, perhaps, and some people didn't grab enough, perhaps. But actually, everyone was like, wow, I've got something. I didn't expect it. God provided for those Israelites for 40 years. Every day that he provided for them. Nobody had too much. Nobody didn't have enough. They all had enough. And then when they went into the land of Cana that was promised to them, they were given this opportunity to go. They split that land up once it had been given to, they'd been given to them and they'd conquered the land. They split it up and everybody went to their own areas and they were all given a fair share. They were all given like manna. God gave them um, land so that they could themselves um, grow crops, grow fruit and vegetables, olive trees and whatnot. And you know what is radical about the way God asked the Israelites to live their lives? So they were a nation to be a nation to the light of the world. And God didn't want them to have a king. He wanted them, he wanted to be their king, so to speak. He didn't want them to have a king. And he wanted them to live differently to the other nations around, to show them what it was like God's kingdom here on earth. And he gave these rules and this set of uh, laws to govern the way people should look after their land. For 40 years, he gave them manna, so every day, no one had too much or not enough. And then when they went into their own land, some people, perhaps they squandered their land. Perhaps they actually had some really bad ill health. Perhaps they made some bad decisions and things got worse. They found they just, just didn't have enough that year. The crops didn't, didn't go well. And so they found actually they had to sell their land. And they sell their land to the other Israelites within the land and they'd sell it to them. And then if it got so bad, they'd sell themselves. And they'd then have to go and look after their land, but it wasn't theirs anymore because they'd sold it. And they'd have to look after it. That's how poverty starts, doesn't it, sometimes? But God said in the Torah, in the Bible, he set these commandments. And one of them was every 49 years or 50 years, there was a, a time of jubilee a time of release where everybody that had lost their property over the last 49 years were given it back. Were given it back for free, their land. Maybe they squandered it, maybe they didn't. Whatever, they were given it. And the same, the people that had the rich has amassed all this wealth, all this land, because maybe they farmed it better, maybe they were more productive, maybe they had better health or whatever. They had to give it back so that everybody had enough. The people that were rich weren't too rich and the people that were poor weren't too poor. The problem with this story that I'm telling you is the reality is, is that the Israelites we don't have a record that there ever was a year of jubilee, a year of release. 
And actually we see in society often that what happens is the rich get richer and the poor get poorer and there are structural things. God doesn't say yes to those things. God asked the Israelites to be a, a nation to the world to show a different way of living, a way of living generously, of doing justice. Proverbs chapter 31 is um, about a really rich lady, a rich wife, and that we should all aspire to be like her. And she's a really astute businesswoman. And she provides for all of her maidservants and all the people that um, look after her fields. She provides for them in abundance. She also provides for the poor in abundance. There is enough for everybody. And that is God's kingdom, is that he wants us to have enough for everybody to be a generous, generous justice. He is a generous God. So then when we fast forward to James and he says to everybody in the meeting room that is there, he says, guys, this is unfair. You come to a meeting and you come and you say, brilliant, we love Jesus, we follow him. But actually... Your religion is phony because you are not looking after your brother and sister in need. They're in physical need. They're in daily need. You're not looking after them. Jesus tells a story of a Samaritan um, who looks after a, um, a man. Sorry, I've, I've said that completely the wrong way. So Jesus tells a story um, of, it's a parable of the Good Samaritan, of when um, a, a, a person gets into difficulty, gets beaten up by robbers, and um, the priests come along and look after, look at this person and go, oh, a bit too busy. And then all these people come past, the religious leaders of the day, that you would expect to come and look after this person. And then the worst of the worst comes a Samaritan. They don't, Jews do not like Samaritans. And they, he comes and he, he puts oil and anoints this, this man that's been beaten up with oil. And he goes and he takes him to an inn and, and he looks after him. And he generously says, whatever money that it costs to look after this person, to make this person well, do it. I give you some money now and I'll come back and, and I'll finish, finish any more payment. I'll do it. I'll pay it. Generous justice. God is a generous man. And Jesus said, that is your neighbour, the Samaritan, the one that looks after those people who got into difficulty and needs help. James talks about it was his brothers and sisters in the meeting room, but actually it's for everybody. We need to look out for our brothers and our sisters. God's justice is for everybody to have enough in the world. It doesn't happen at the moment. We know that. Just look at the world. And I can get really overwhelmed with it and can get a bit kind of, oh, what's the point? Like, God, I know you've come, your kingdom come, but actually this is a mess, this world. So I don't, I don't know what to do oh, tomorrow. But Jesus came to this earth as a fully human person and God sent him his only son because he loves us so much. So that in the suffering of those people that don't have enough, Jesus says, I'm with you and I walk with you through that suffering. And for those rich people, rich of us that we are rich, 
He says, you've got too much. Will you help your brother and sister in need? Will you do justice? And no, we may not be able to change the world, but we can change one person's world at a time. You know, when there's been times when perhaps because of this COVID situation, we're going to have friends that we know or people we don't know that well in the community that are going to lose their jobs and they're not going to be able to pay their mortgage and they're going to be very close to becoming homeless. Something that's like, where did that come from? Because of this disease. Here is our opportunity to be God's light into the world, to bring God's kingdom here on earth. Jesus did that, and that's, as Christ followers, that's what we're called to do, to be generous so that nobody has not too much or not enough, so that perhaps we save up our money. Instead of going on holiday, we might go, do you know what, let's save that up and let's, let's give it to somebody that might need it. Or we look at some of the petitions that are going around in Christian aid, the concerns that there are about other countries, the poorer countries of this world. Because of COVID, suddenly everything's going, falling apart in those countries. And yes, they need money and they need prayer and they need governments to make a difference and stand up to this just injustice and change it. And you think, well, I can't do this. No, don't be despondent. We can make a start. We can sign that petition. We can go on that rally. We can pray God's kingdom here on earth, one step at a time. Think about this week. My challenge is for you this week is that when you look at some injustices in this world and we just want to, well, okay, I always want to kind of just put my head in the sand and just ignore it because it's just too much, that we go, God, May your kingdom come here on earth. May you use me. May you use our church at St John's. May we make a difference in this world because you are being used. You are shining through us. God's purpose for this world isn't that the rich have too much or the poor have too little. It was a radical justice that God was talking to hither, uh, through Moses to the Israelites. They really struggled to do it. You see the Old Testament, they struggle, and we struggle to do it today. But that it really was that people didn't get too rich. Poor people weren't allowed to get too poor because there was that balance. That kings were called not to get drunk. Let the, let the poor people do that. It says that in Proverbs chapter 31. But you, as a king, as rich people, as a rich person, eat, feed of the Bible. So let us do that. Let us this week be radical people that want to make justice in our lives because we know how much God loves us and he loves us so much. And because of that, it's flowing out through us that we go, yeah. I'm going to do that. It's going to cost me something. It's going to be sacrificial, but I'm going to do it. Let us not be. Jesus, Mike, finish with this. Jesus um, was sitting, Mark chapter 12, verse 41. Jesus is sitting at the temple and those rich people come by and the rich people come by and, um, and he just, they just pour out and give loads of money to the temple. And everyone must go, wow. They're rich, they've given loads. And Jesus says, look, 
look at that lady. And she gave nothing. She gave like two pence. You know, it was just worthless in the eyes of the world what she gave. But she didn't have anything else. She gave out of her all. She gave generously and costly to the temple. And that is what God calls us to live and to do and to follow and to believe in. Let us do that. May God's kingdom come here on this earth. And may, Lord, you start with us. Amen.